0: Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Six months ago, you were running a company. You were the CEO. You've been the CEO for the last six years. years. Um, that job has a lot of responsibility, a lot of requirements, a lot of time commitments. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that if a guy who's running a company full-time as a CEO can, in that same period of time, go from a couple hundred hits a month to over 200,000 unique visitors a month, I'd want to figure out how he managed his time. And I know you've had a lot of time management breakthroughs in your life. so. Just take us through the answer to the question, how does a CEO running a company chunk down the day so that you can accomplish this major thing, which is now giving you the freedom to leave, being the CEO? I think it's a great question.
1: It is a great question. And Todd, let me just say that it was your, this tells you how long ago it was, your tapes on time management that really had a radical impact on me back in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah, they were super, so thank you for that. Um, I spent no more than 30 minutes a day on social media while I was the CEO, but I spent Saturday mornings. That was kind of my creative time. In fact, I told Gail, I said, you know, some guys play golf, some guys paint. I get artistic expression by doing this on Saturday morning. So that's just part of what I do. But here's the key thing that was the game changer for me. I didn't see it as an add-on to my responsibilities. I saw it as a way to more effectively discharge my responsibilities and do what I was hired by the board to do, which, You know, I was hired to basically uh, cast a vision for what our company was in the midst of all of its competitors, whatever our distinctives, put a human face on the company, network with people that could help us, make contacts. Social media was just a much more effective way to do that, so I didn't see it as an add-on, but part of my job. You know, in the old days we used fax machines and email, Right now social media.
0: So on a Saturday morning, how many hours?
1: Uh, Probably about two.
0: Two, okay. So I want to make sure you're all really clear on this. So six days a week or seven days a week? Uh, yeah, for me, six. Yeah. Okay, and so a half an hour every day, so yep. that would be, you know, a total of two and a half hours and two hours on Saturday, four hours it. a week. Yep. And I think it just gets down to making a clear decision about the discipline of, of doing this and realizing mm-hmm. that, that you cannot be uh, and, and experience reach in a day, but you can experience the growth towards reach every single day. And so when you spent a half an hour a day, was it in different increments at different times? When did you? Yeah.
1: You know, usually for me today, um, what I do is I get up in the morning, and there's a lot of blogs that I subscribe to, and I use an RSS, Real Simple Syndication, reader, Google Reader, it's free. So blogs that I follow, that content comes to me. So it's almost like getting my morning newspaper. I don't read everything. I subscribe to about 200 blogs, but I'm just bouncing through the headlines until something hits me. And I'm essentially out trying to find links that I can share with my following of content that I think would be helpful to them. So I do that only for uh, really less than 30 minutes a day and I queue those up in Twitter to post for later.
0: Sounds straightforward. What are the top um, two or three business lessons that you've learned in your career that would be helpful to these guys in sales and marketing and uh, what comes to mind from just that kind of perspective? Because I think to be able to interact with a CEO is a very, very powerful way for us as salespeople to start thinking differently as leaders. What are some of the top lessons yeah, you learned? I would
1: say one of the biggest ones I learned, and I learned this the hard way, um, is that I'm not as smart as I think I am, but I have more potential than I possibly can imagine. Hmm. And, and I would say that's true for you as well. I mean, I went through a really ugly business failure in the early 90s, and I was very full of myself before that. I thought I had it figured out. And the company just ran out of capital. We were so broke, we couldn't go bankrupt. All of our assets were pledged. And so, uh, that's really broke. That's broke. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it was embarrassing, but I feel like my education began then. It was hugely helpful for what I would need later. So, I think to embrace failure and to lean into it and realize that everything happens for a reason and we can become better and stronger if we embrace it. Right,
0: right. Um, Who wants to fire off a question at Mike about social media or anything? We want to interact with him for 20 minutes or so, and uh, I thought it would be just a great opportunity for you guys to ask the questions. Hands up or stand up, and uh, we'll get you a mic. Tell us your name, your company, and where you're from, and uh, we will go from there.
1: You're on. Uh, Todd Baker with Service First Mortgage. What's the best way for someone to get started with maybe a limited budget for blog to get WordPress up? Because I tried to do it, and it was, the CSS was more complex, and I was led to believe. What's a good resource to go find someone to do that for us? Well, first of all, there's all kinds of WordPress uh, experts that if you, know, if you just Google that, you'll probably find somebody in your area that can do it for you. I've got actually a screencast tutorial on my blog at michaelhyatt.com forward slash WordPress setup, WordPress set up and it's a screencast where I walk you click by click through the process of installing what's called a self-hosted where you control hundred percent of it blog then you need to find a good theme and then you're in business but I'll tell you so many people spend so much time trying to get the design right just start getting the content out there it's like that first step and the rest will become clear you will begin to network with people but just get started
0: I, I, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice we heard today is we are, um, what was the quote on procrastination? Uh, yeah,
1: just, perfectionism is the mother of procrastination. Yeah,
0: and I think that you guys have to see this as, and it is really. I mean, your whole, your whole platform is a work in progress, you know, and, and to sit and wait for it to be perfect is not what we so want to do. We want to keep taking steps, and every day, I mean, think about it this way. Every day, you could modify your platform by a percent. Just a percent of effectiveness, whether it's Word, or whether it's a look, or whether it's a feel, or whether it's a, a shift in your logo. And over the course of a year, you have a 365% improvement in your, in your platform. So think of it that way.
1: This, this is really important. And I, I actually have a blog post where I talk about this, but it's the power of incremental change over time. It's one of the most powerful principles in the universe. You know, over time, I've written 1,200, 1,300 now blog posts which is equivalent to about 10 full-length books. Well, I mean, if somebody sat down and said, I want you to write 10 books, you know, I'd die of a heart attack. But little by little over time, it adds up. Same thing that Todd's talking about here. Right.
0: And, and just the other thought, too, that, you know, John Maxwell brought us is that you can't change, you know, what happened yesterday, but you can decide today yes. to change what's going to happen tomorrow. And so just be thinking about this. And I think one of the great breakthroughs I heard from Mike today is that, you know, we shouldn't have any baggage on our, our shoulders about what we haven't done in social media. We should not be thinking about, I wish I had, I wish I had, I wish I had. Remember I said on opening night, there's two realities, right? One is I wish I had. The other is I'm glad I did. So by Tuesday of next week, you could look back and say, I'm glad I did. And whatever that blank is relative to Michael, I'm glad in the last two days that I've sat down and mapped out my five steps to build my platform. You could go right now on a Friday and think that by Tuesday, I'm going to say, I'm glad I did. What's the alternative? By Tuesday, you could go back and say, shoot, I wish I had done that. You know, And, and the I wish hurts more and more and more and more the longer you say, I wish. Yep. So let's get it going. Okay, question. Michael, I'm, I'm one of your raving fans, so thank you very much for the book. No, thank this you. Is, uh, I've totally enjoyed it. I've, gone through it probably 20 times since you since it came out. So anyway, um, all the things that are in here, all the resources you have, it's so much, and it takes so long to just get it all established. How much did you do personally, um, especially in like, your design and setting up your spam filters, and just all the different things that it takes for your blog? How much did you do personally versus outsourcing?
1: Yeah, great question. How much did I do personally versus how much did I outsource? Um, You know, this is something I don't really admit in public very often, but I'm kind of a geek, and I I love (laughs) tweaking on that stuff myself. So I did do a lot of it myself initially. Now I can't possibly do that. So I found a really good guy that I could trust. And you can do this, by the way, for probably about $50 an hour. Um, And he just handles all the technical stuff, because I don't add value there, or even the design. I know what I like, but I don't really add value there. So it kind of goes back to the pit crew idea, But it can all be done by contract labor. And you don't, I mean, if somebody comes to you, and I I hope this doesn't offend anybody in the room, but if somebody comes to you like they did for a CEO friend of mine that ran a major company, he wanted to start a personal blog, he got a quote from a company that said, yeah, we can do that, it'll be $25,000. And unthinkingly, he just wrote the check. He thought that's what it cost. And it was totally screwed up. I connected him with my guy, and I got it up for less than $1,000. And, you know, he was in business like that. So this does not have to cost that much money.
0: And if you haven't checked out TaskRabbit, just download that app and type in what you want. And it will literally put out your request to anybody that is on TaskRabbit that can do what you want to do. You can define the parameters. You can define what you want. You can define how much you want to spend. It's a free app. Just download it. And and literally, it's the best way to search for the best deal, the cheapest price, and the most successful implementation just by using that application. So try that out as well. Love that. The other thing I want you to think about is, you know, we talk about dollarization. We talk about uh, really starting to get your hand around. If there's a way to figure out the impact you're making through your platform, how much could you make if that platform was really robust in operating and had the kind of growth that Michael has talked about? And, you know, make no mistake about it, you guys could end up with thousands and thousands and thousands of, of followers that need you know that need home loans in the future and so how much will that make you is it another 2500 a day is it another you know 2500 a month or is it another twenty five thousand a month you know and start to think about this whole pit crew idea mm-hmm. because i think that most of you could build a case for the fact that you could have one person spending you know a block of time a week and probably not full time but a block of time a week helping you implement your platform and i would say for most of you you'd get your platform up a lot more quickly by doing it that way rather than trying to figure it out yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So good. Okay. Yeah. Next question.
1: Uh, mine is a two-part question. Who are you and where are you oh, from? Oh, I'm sorry. Michelle Herndon. I'm from Tampa, Florida. I'm Hi, a Michelle. Keller Williams um, realtor. <laughs> um, my first one is about content. Are you writing all of your own content? Are you using, you made mention of using information from other feeds. and. That's big for me. Like, I use a lot of content of information from other people who give me the information. Well, do you want me to answer that? Yeah. That's the first part of the question? Yeah. Because the uh, other one has nothing to do with Okay. There. Let me answer that one first because I'll forget. Um, I do write all my own content, but I occasionally have, about once a week, a guest poster, somebody who wants to take advantage of my platform, who contributes their content, which is a great way to do it. But understand that this doesn't have to be full-length articles. It could be just interesting things, snippets, that you find. Like um, there's a, a realtor in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. She's my neighbor. Her Twitter handle is Real Chris E-L-R-O-D. E-L-R-O-D. And um, she has somebody that helps her go find content. And she does this for a couple hundred dollars a week. And if you look at her Twitter feed, sometimes it'll be just things like what the interest rates are doing or what the housing market's doing. She also does her listings. But she also is just adding value to the general population all the time so that when she does have a listing or something she wants to promote, she can do it and people pay attention. And she's become a trusted source in our area for people that want to do business. Uh, the second part is um, responses. I, I post things all the time, but I have yet to let anyone post a response because so much of it is junk. Yeah, I... First of all, I I totally understand that, I really do. But I would challenge the notion, and and here's what I, I I get hundreds of comments every day. Very little of it is spam. Most of it is respectful. It's really healthy dialogue, but you have to understand it's because um, I'm present there. It's not like if you go into a neighborhood in an urban area like where so many people live and, and there's abandoned buildings and then they get graffiti. If you're not present, you'll get graffiti, you'll get spam kinds of comments, but if you have some kind of minimal presence, which doesn't mean you have to comment on every comment, but just let people know you're there, and then delete the spam. But pretty soon you can get it trained, and right now I have, my community's gotten so large, that I have 10 volunteer community leaders that help me manage that community, I don't pay them anything. They're just so excited you know, about the content and all of that that they just volunteer, and they police all that But that's where all the juice really happens, that's where the community's built. So I would encourage you to just be experimental and try it. Test your assumptions.
0: Great. How about over, do we have questions over, we have a question here? Anybody over here have a question? We want to have a fair and balanced approach here. So stand up. Get a mic over here. Go ahead. You can do one more. One more here. Yeah. And then we'll scoot over to this side of the room. I'm actually. Thanks, Michael. This is fun. Good. Sure. I'm a- I'm actually from the other side, so Oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of walk on over as you, t- yeah. <laughs> uh, Sandra Lastovic from the Mortgage Center in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Hey. hey. Canadian juice. I-, I just wanted to thank you for your presentation and a comment on blogging, just to make it real for everyone else. I've been blogging for about three years, once or twice a month, dabbling little bits here and there and um, I actually get one to do good mortgage referrals per month from it so wow. and I've only been dabbling on it but I think my commitment coming out of this conference would be to spend a half an hour a day on social media. I don't think it's much great so thanks great
1: well, yeah and Rachel. here's the
0: one thing one, th- one thing for certain this is not going away. That's for sure. You know, and, and it's only going to get more and more and more important. And, and again, so, you know, I wish I had. Make that decision right now that you're going to own this and do something with it. Okay, two questions here. Go ahead, John.
1: Uh, I guess two questions. Number one most of the folks here are in, are in very much the same industry. Talk about differentiating yourself amongst others. And then a, a second question um, I'm a dad, I'm a Sunday school teacher, I'm a technical guy. Would you suggest multiple platforms or one integrated? Those are, what was the first question? See, I lose track when you go. Well, so, so most of the folks here are in mortgage. Would you suggest everyone goes out and writes about interest rates and, and ah, getting okay. the best rate or finding a niche? This, this is a fabulous question. And I used to get this all the time in book world, because authors would come to me and they say, well, I want to write a book about marriage or some self-help book. But you know, there's 15,000 books on that topic. And here's what I, would say, what I said to them and what I would say to you, but there's not one that's filtered through your personality and your unique set of experiences, and that all by itself differentiates you from everybody else.
0: Let's get back to what Mike said during his presentation and, and understand, you guys have taken your own content engine and you have devalued it by thinking mm-hmm. and taking it for granted. And what Michael's saying is that your content is what's important to your tribe. And your tribe will take your content, and they will help you build the community. And it doesn't matter whether you're one of 100 people or one of 100,000 people talking about interest rates. You are connecting with the human beings that are in your reach. And so, John, I would say don't overthink differentiating. Don't overthink, you know, uh, there's 3,000 mortgage people in my town. We're all going to be talking about the same thing. The more you add value through your own content rights and creativity and thinking, and again, a half an hour a day, it'll build. And just
1: just your perspective, and and let me just address that second question, which is should you build multiple platforms for each of your interests? No. Because it's all those interests that make you you and differentiate you from your competitors and make you a 360-degree full-orbed human person. You're not just a cardboard cutout that's, hi, I'm Mr. You know, mortgage Banker, Realtor, whatever you do, but you're a person, you know, you're a dad, you're a member of the community, you, you know, whatever else, you've got all these other things that make you, you, and that will make people more loyal to you. I cannot tell you how, many, how much business came to Thomas Nelson because people felt connected to me personally, to my wife, to my family, because I talked about that stuff.
0: Great. Okay, next question.
1: Nick Neal from Seattle, Washington with Guild Mortgage. And go Guild. So you get a site set up, set up your blog, and start adding information and and topics. How do you you start getting people to the site? How do you start drawing attention to to get the the buzz started? Well, this this sounds like what every author says, get the book. But I do have specific strategies in the book for doing that. But I'll just tell you that the key thing is remember step one, start with wow. So write stuff that people want to read and want to share with their friends. Because if it's, if it's um, helpful enough, it doesn't have to be even well written, but if it's helpful enough solving a real problem and they want to share it with friends, they are the best evangelists for your brand. And then that's why you get involved in social media. Start building a following out there, constantly redirecting them back to your home base and be patient. It takes a while. But if you are patient, I really believe you'll hit an inflection point.
0: Well and, and just reminding you too, this and, and just these are important nuggets you don't want to forget, but Michael said a couple different times, most of the failure in this whole thing is you get close <coughs> and then you give up. Yeah. You know? Mm. So <coughs> excuse me. True. Getting sick. Uh, we have a question right here. <coughs> Chris Brown, certified mortgage planners in Orlando, and I actually have about sixty-five percent of my business comes from my blog and the mortgage business.
1: Why wow, did you guys hear that? 65%. 65%. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Here I am) Thank you. Oh.
0: And my question is, and I love the law of incremental change. That's one of my favorite posts. It's actually my number two. My number one is jump in the net will appear. I'm curious, what blog posts have you written that you're most passionate about?
1: Usually whatever I wrote last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the, I was like the kid when I was growing up that I was the most excited about the Christmas present I opened last, you know, so my focus would move. But that's true for blogging because my interests are, are uh, shifting. Like, I got really fascinated last week about this whole idea of re-engineering my early morning ritual in order to be more productive and to set myself up for success during the day. But it's something I've actually done for years, but I never kind of stood back. I love that. And, and said, you know what? I have a whole architecture here and a whole strategy that I do that I don't even know I know what I know. So I took that apart, and I got, like, I got the most response to that podcast, which just came out on Wednesday, of any I've ever had. You know, it's been number four on iTunes most of the week. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, they, they float. It's like asking which of my children are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more. Uh, Shane Todd Cole Banker. Vancouver, Washington, and my lender, Leslie Girard. She rocks. <laughs> Evergreen Home Loans. Um, you connect your home base to all of your other feeds, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Are you filtering what goes to each one of them through an app, or? Well, l- let me tell you that you can do it with an app. And, and I'm going to give you the name of the app here in a second. It's a good place to start. And the one I use is called Hoot Suite, H-O-O-T Suite, Hoot Suite. And it's like a social media dashboard where you can have your Twitter feed in one panel and LinkedIn in another one and Facebook in another one. It doesn't do Google Plus. And, and that's where I would start. But it's actually better if you post to each of those individual services directly because they have an algorithm built into their search engines and their SEO. Don't let your eyes glaze over when I say that. But it basically means that if you care enough to come to their site and post, they rank it more highly in the news feeds. So you get more exposure if you do it that way. But listen, don't let the best be the enemy of the good. That's not how you usually hear this. But yeah, the best is to go out there and do them all individually, but most people end up doing nothing because they can't do the best. so. You gotta know what, when good is good enough. So I think use something like is a great place to start. So
0: let's do Tom and then let's do a question right here in the front row and then we'll transition. Go ahead, Tom.
1: Tom Souther, Guild Mortgage, Denver, Colorado. Um, you talked about the home, home base with blog or podcasts or videocasts, but how difficult to integrate all of those things because I've got all those pieces together. Yeah, well, don't make this too complex. I would say start with one. one yeah. You know, if you're going to do a podcast, great. Do a podcast, but don't try to also do a blog. Don't try to do a videocast. You know, I, I've got both, but it's taken me, you know, nine years to get here. And even today, there are weeks that I want to shoot myself because I've committed to this podcast, and it feels like it's overwhelming. So I would pick one, the one that you're the most comfortable in, and begin to focus. You know that, that old Chinese proverb, man who chases two, two rabbits. rabbits catches neither? You heard that? So pick a rabbit. Is more effective than another? No, he's asking, is one more effective than another? I will say this. I didn't really imagine this when I started. <clears throat> Podcasting is an incredibly intimate medium. Because you're usually being listened to in somebody's earbud, so you're inside their head while they're exercising, while they're in the car, while they're doing something else. So I, I think it does build a stickier audience, but it usually can't go quite as big as a blog can. But I think it should come back to you. What do you the, feel the most comfortable communicating in? And, sorry, oh. don't feel like you got to get it perfect. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, what we tend to do, and especially if you're my generation, maybe even a little younger, is to overproduce stuff. And people in a younger demographic distrust that. So actually, in a sense in which it's a little more raw, kind of this is why YouTube's so po- popular, and not overproduced, it will actually communicate authenticity and trustworthiness. If it's too slick, it doesn't work.
0: I like that. From the heart. Okay, final question.
1: Yeah, Steve Codsey from uh, Toronto, Canada, neighborhood-dependent lending centers. Um, just uh, regarding, you were saying right now you're doing two hours on Saturday or two-and-a-half hours on Saturday and you're doing 30 minutes a day. But For the first four years, what was your time kind of input? That was actually the time schedule I that gave you it. before was what I was doing previously. So in other words, when I was the CEO of Thomas Nelson, I was spending 30 minutes a day and two hours on Saturday. Now, because this is my life, you know, I spend two days, two full days a week creating content. But I couldn't afford that back then, couldn't come close to that. But I'm creating courses and books and all kinds of stuff now, so. So again,
0: I, I want to impress upon you that that's not a large time commitment. You guys are all running full-time businesses, Right and two and a half hours a week, every single day, I mean, two and a half hours a week, every single week for 52 weeks over the next year or two, you'd be amazed at what would happen. Uh, I love this, Uh, let's give Michael another round of applause. Thank you, my friend, appreciate it very much.